Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Lots of things going on right now. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy Holtberg and the Blonde Bomber. for this Friday afternoon on Acadiana. You can watch us on Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and on 133 LSU LUS Fiber. The game hotline. Give us a call at 1-337-706-0111. Lots of topics to start with. We can start all over the place. Unfortunately, I'm going to start with McNeese men's basketball because I was there last night. Yuck. Uh, Here's the thing. (laughs) For 30 minutes, 31 minutes, sometimes 32 minutes, McNeese is a very good basketball team in every game. They've led in every game they've played during the eight-game losing streak at some point in the second half but one. Last night, an 11-point lead with 10.42 to play at home against an equally inept Lamar basketball team that had two wins. I called it the duel of despair going into the game. The loser would be in last place in the Southland Conference. McNeese had beaten Lamar twice already. Folks, this is as easy as you get as a layup in basketball. You've got to finish this game out. You were up by 30 points at Lamar the last time you played him on New Year's Eve. And the next thing you know, McNeese is losing 70-63 and are 2-8 and eight in the conference. Eight-game losing streak, the longest since 2017 when they closed the season out. Under Dave Simmons with an eight-game losing streak. They are right now outside of the conference tournament looking in with them playing their own home games for the conference being held at McNeese. We'll have conference commissioner Chris Grant on at the bottom of the hour to talk about the conference tournament, which apparently McNeese isn't going to be in. It's just that simple. The 70-63 loss, um, just the same thing. They have no alpha male at the end of the game. They have nobody that takes over the game. They stumble down the stretch. They were tied at 61 at home with 106 left in the game and get outscored 9-2 to finish it. That's as bad as it gets for closing. So McNeese basketball in trouble. Um, McNeese women's basketball, which had been on a little bit of a streak. Well, they lost by 31 to Lamar last night. So they're not much better right now, but they are securely in the tournament in fourth place. Hopefully that's just a, a uh, speed bump, but the reality is uh, the men's team is in trouble and it needs to change. It needs to change quick. Fortunately for us, because the I-10 corridor also has LSU in it. They're not playing too well as a men's team, but the women's team was able to hold off Georgia last night in overtime. But ULL, Lafayette, is doing its job. The men beat Texas State last night 82-63. They have a huge game against Marshall. They are tied for first place in the Sun Belt Conference at 9-2 and with Southern Miss. I saw both Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette play McNeese this year. 
McNeese um, actually played well against both those teams. They look very similar. They play Marshall, who's 8-3, on Saturday at 7 p.m. in the Cajun Dome. Huge basketball game for UL. Uh, at least somebody out there is winning in the area, so that's good to see. But for college basketball here, looks like UL is our only hope. James, uh, what, do you, what do you think? When it comes to men's basketball? <laughs> when it comes to what happened to, to LSU? I, this kinda, is a team that, whoa. Yeah, I mean, they started off hot, but even then, if like you kind of break down the game, it's not like any they, of the wins were very impressive. So what you're saying is they were more a product of their schedule. Initially, yeah, and then he had to play a real competition, first-year head coach with Matt McMahon. I mean, he, he kind of just has bits and parts of other teams' players where it's their first time, and it's not really necessarily his team. None of none of the LSU players that were scholarship players are on the team. So it you're was, saying the, it was one, saying it was, the Cajuns are it? C- Cajuns are they even the have the best. chicken coming back tomorrow night. Yeah, fabulous Cajun chicken. The fabulous Cajun chicken. And, and that apparently is a big thing. It's been 20 years. Yeah, people love it. People love the chicken. People love the Cajun chicken. I even asked my dad. I told him, like, hey, you know that uh, the Cajun chicken's coming back? He's like, no, really? I didn't know that. Because, I mean, he's he was in pretty much that era where he had seen the Cajun chicken. Maybe McNeese needs the Cajun chicken to come by. What would you call it, though? Uh, <laughs> uh, there's too many names going through my head right now that would be negative. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Thirsty Thursday. Would you do a would Would you do an animal yourself, or would you go with something else? Well, they're cowboys, so it's yeah. kind of tough to really play off anything. I mean, you could go with like a cow. You could go. Well, they have the for football. They have the uh, the rider, the mystery rider that comes in. I don't think you want to bring. A uh, horse. You don't want to bring a live center, horse, no. But no, that that wouldn't work well. But I'm talking more of a person in a costume. I, I they have Rowdy the Rowdy the cowboy, but I have not seen Rowdy this year. So Rowdy apparently is even taking off on McNeese. Is he on a hiatus? Uh, he might not just want to see it. <laughs> but Rowdy might be. He may be protesting. I don't know. Rowdy Rowdy doing a sit out until the Cowboys turn it around. How's that? But I have uh, not seen Rowdy the cowboy. Cowboys got standards. Well, Rowdy does apparently. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, Rowdy I don't know if the team does right now, but Rowdy does. So, uh, but eight in a row is um, it's uh, they were two and zero. They were two and zero in conference. Had outscored people by eighteen and a half points in their first two games. Have lost to both those teams since. Uh, I I don't I can't figure out how they be they they play so well and have a double digit lead with 10 minutes left and just utterly collapse. They they don't get off shots. 2 weeks ago they didn't get off a shot when they had the ball under their basket. They couldn't inbound the ball with 4 seconds left to try to tie the game. Just there's no point guard and with no point guard there is no flow and there is no consistency when the game bags down and that's that that's what's killing them and I I don't well, we all know where it's going, so <laughs> we all know where it's headed unless something drastically changes. So let's just leave it at that. Uh, but UL, I, I'm I saw them. They looked really good. It was McNeese, one of McNeese's better games, but they look like they have a lot of pieces to go with. They look like a team that could make a tournament run in both the Sun Belt and could actually win a game in the NCAA tournament if they got in. It's it's a good basketball. It's a pretty solid basketball team. That has a lot of things. Southern Miss was also good. The Sun Belt has some good teams this year. 
They, they're a mid-major conference that uh, should be fighting to get two teams in the in the tournament, I would think. And the Southland is is not. So let's just <laughs> let's just put it like that. But an interesting time at LSU because I I thought LSU maybe was going to be good enough to make the tournament. Now I I don't know. I don't know if they even make the NIT. I don't know that. But the hey, at least the women at LSU are good. Third, what are they? Third in the country now? Up to third in the country. So this is a basketball team that uh, is undefeated. Gets to play South Carolina, number one in the country, in two in two Sundays on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, a real test for them and Kim Mulkey. So that's a basketball program that uh, flipped the switch really quick. That's for sure in, in her second year. So, but as we look at the NCAA tournament coming up, James, who do you like? I mean, I. I I go through this. Houston looks really good, but are they a power? Is there a power team you like this year? Is, is there somebody? There's no one team that really stands out as like the clear cut. Is favorite. Purdue it? Does Purdue float your boat that way? I mean, I, I know early on in the season people were really looking at Houston. Like you, they said. looked really good. Now they 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 beat McNeese really bad. They looked really good. They've got a lot of weapons. Um, they've got two lines that kind of come attack you like almost a hockey team. Uh, so there's a lot of things I like about Houston, especially defensively. But are they going to get tested enough to be ready for the tournament? And is that a national championship team? Is Purdue? I, it's just there's nobody without Duke, North Carolina, without some of the Kentucky, without the Blue Bloods being out there to kind of hold your standard. I don't know what the standard is. I don't know who's going to make a run. I don't know what a Final Four team looks like this year. I would imagine Purdue looks like one. I would imagine Houston looks like one. But who else? Gonzaga's down. Who I don't I don't know. It's gonna it, your bracket is gonna look wild. Oh, I was gonna say you can't really fault anybody for putting whatever picks they want because it's not like there's clear cut four or five teams where it's like these guys are absolutely supposed to make it. I mean, there it, there could be an upset very easily with any one of these teams. I thought Alabama looked like a really good team and then they just got destroyed. Uh, Even though they the do, they've been doing a fair amount of destroying of other, they teams. have been, and that's what that's why it surprised me so much. Now that that's not a fair assumption because if you're playing in a league for that long, and you're stuck in a league, and then all of a sudden you play a Saturday game on the road, non-league, with some of the stuff Alabama's gone through off the court, maybe it's not a surprise they had one letdown. Maybe one letdown is not a big deal. Um, but it was surprising to see Oklahoma do that because Oklahoma's not a top tier team. And to see to see some of the games go the way they did, to see Kentucky continue to struggle. I mean, look at Louisville has three wins. Louisville has three wins. So what looks like a good team usually is not there. I, I let's go mid majors. Clemson kind of shocks us. They're surprises. I want to see mid majors rise up. I mean, if we're gonna have if we're talking about ninety two teams in the tournament or whatever we want to go to eventually, let's see where the mid majors go. Let's have some mid-majors. Let's get your thoughts on the hotline, the game hotline, one 706 What do you think of the Cajuns? What do you think about the NCAA tournament? Are you interested in it? Does it uh, affect you in any way to say, my bracket's going to be blown up right away, or I'm just going to go with the best-looking mascot and see which mascot would eat the other mascot better, and that's who I'm going to pick. People have won with that, you know. People have won with that. Is, I mean, people can also people have also done the past where it's like, colors. I'm, I'm picking colors. this team because I like the color blue. 
They, I've seen I colors like this win. shade of blue better than theirs. I do all these analytical things on the side, and some guy comes in and says, well, I just picked them because they got a green. And they win. And they win. It's they like, win well, they what's the point of doing it? There is no point. Because that's the thing. It's like you could try and pay attention to college basketball all you want. Yeah. And, like, you could have a good feel. And, like, you could be right on quite a bit of stuff. But it's like, and you do all this research. But really, if the other team makes one crazy shot, half-court shot at the buzzer to get the win, it's like, well, there well, there it goes. There it is. There it goes. And everything all that, all that work, gone. all that effort, and all you your see winner is, is going in the all, first round. All you see when you call up your computer screen is red on your, bra- on your bracket. Yep. And mine usually comes about midway through the first night on Thursday. And then red just pops up all over the place when I'm done. Mine usually breaks after like the <laughs> second or third game. It's like, oh, there goes that. I, I've lo- I think I've lost a Final Four team in like three consecutive Thursday-Friday games in first round. Three consecutive years I've lost one of my Final Four. Perhaps I should pick better. Pick wiser. Maybe you should just <laughs> stop go, doing it. Just go go base off. Because I remember one someone made a joke. One it, it was a joke video where it was like, I'm picking this team because my cousin's friend's neighbor went to this college. I would do that right now. It's like it's like you might as well. If you have a tie-in, that works. It's Why like, not? I'm gonna pick Clemson because my friend's cousin's boyfriend went there in 1988. I don't know. Because the quarterback. <laughs> how about because the quarterback went in the transfer portal? Right. I'll yeah. Take <laughs> I'm gonna pick them because the tra- <laughs> because they're really good in the transfer portal. They're good in the transfer portal in football, so we'll take them. We'll take them in basketball. I don't know. I don't know who they got. I don't know who's playing for them. I know their colors are nice. I like orange. <laughs> I like hey, if you like your orange. final your final four is all orange teams. You Flo- pick Ver- Florida, Virginia, Illinois, Clemson, Clemson, Virginia, yeah, yeah, Syracuse, Oregon State. You just pick all the orange teams to, to advance. <laughs> I like that. Maybe I'll do that this year. Can't be any worse. It cannot be any worse. We'll be back after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Go ahead and join us in a day of golf and giving at the game's charity golf scramble benefiting Redbird Ministries. Hit the link at Farm Alley while supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who have been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drinks, and a great day with the staff here at the game. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can make a difference tune in every weekday at 8 15 a.m and 3 15 p.m for the lsu sports update presented by tibbs trailers here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station Jim Gazzolo back for Jordy Holberg on this Friday afternoon. Jordy will be back on Monday. The Brom Bomber will be back to give us his take on all sports over the weekend. Right now, we're gonna. I want to. I want to raise this to you, Pelican fans. You've lost ten games in a row. <laughs> At one point, you were dangerously close, or close to being the number one seed in the West. Tomorrow night, you will play the Lakers in a game that is now a showdown. All of a sudden. I think you're one game ahead of the Lakers or something. What happened? Yeah, one game ahead. What happened? 
Losing 10 in a row will do that to you. And then the Lakers winning six out of their last 10. Yeah, the Lakers. With, with a couple of those losses coming down to some interesting calls. And that's not just the last 10, but that's kind of been like overall, like almost the last month. Like it seems like every night there's a close call that doesn't go in the Lakers' favor. Yeah, it's kind of fun, though, isn't it? I mean, I like, I enjoy it. Don't (laughs) get me wrong. I totally enjoy being a Celtics fan. So seeing the Lakers lose because of a crazy call, it's just, it it doesn't hurt me at all. The the Lakers, I, I mean, I get the whole LeBron thing and he's scoring all these points, and I get that Anthony Davis is back. And I guess and then I, hurts I, himself again. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, and I guess the, the Russell Westbrook is working out as the sixth man thing, but that that team doesn't interest me. It just I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. I know everybody goes crazy because it's LeBron, and we hear LeBron this, LeBron that. LeBron and Aaron Rodgers are talked about more than any two guys that aren't going to make the playoffs or deep runs in the playoffs that I've ever seen. Uh, we've just. We've just completely forgotten about winning actually matters. And the fa- the fascination with them. Like, if they do make the... I, now, now, LeBron, of he, course, he... Uh, now, of course, LeBron, many a times, closer to his prime, he was always making the championships. That's why he yeah. had... That's why he had the long streak. But it's like, the last few years, ever since he joined the Lakers, it's like, miss the playoffs, win the championship, miss the playoffs. Yeah. Miss just, the playoffs, miss the playoffs. Like it, like, it just keeps happening. But it, it's still a fascination because he's still playing so well. But the well, rest he's of playing his team, amazingly great. I yeah. mean, he's, for for thirty eight years old, it's an amazing thing, and he's still putting up forty. He's, yeah, he's, he's got a more he's got a more consistent three point ball than he no, did he's play, before. I, I can't believe he's playing that well. He's had major injuries the last couple of years. I can't believe he's playing as well as he is, and that team is that bad. You're the Lakers. You couldn't figure it out. You you can do anything you want basically in the league, and you can't figure out to get him help. I mean. Oh, it's like your number two is always getting injured. Always getting injured. They I, they trade the stars that they shouldn't be. How are you not? I, this is the thing. Because it's because it's how weird. How are you not getting him more help? How are you not getting rid of Anthony Davis in the offseason? I know he, when he plays, he's fantastic. He's a he's he's pretty much a top five player if he if he's playing and he's healthy. If he's playing, but he's he's never played enough. You can't count on him. That's a lot. I I just think that you could have gotten more and done something. Look, I loved him with the Pelicans. I think he's a great talent. When he's healthy, he's just not healthy. He just he just can never stay healthy. No, and, and it's not just one time during the year. It's, no, it's it's, it's a couple of weeks, times. It's two weeks at a time. He'll come back yeah. for maybe a week, couple weeks, depending on how long. Maybe even only a couple games, and then boom, he's injured again. All right, throw this out there. Would you, If you're the Pelicans, and now Kyrie Irving wants a trade from the Nets. No. You're the Pelican. Okay. No. I, that ended. My my experience with him as a Celtic, I'm, okay, I'm I, good. I, my, only, my only thing is they need something to jumpstart him that would jumpstart him. The, the issue is, in my eyes, they're two main pieces, two out of their three. They're just not on the court enough. No, because, they're not. They're because not. Zion is... Is the same thing with Anthony Davis, and now you got another piece that could be the Alpha and Bi, but yeah, he's he's racked up quite a few injuries himself. That's, so it's that's it's the so devastating. Tough. You kind of figured Zion wasn't going to be there all the time, but you thought you had, and that's why Ryan, you bring in more support. You thought you had Ingram, and he was going to be consistent because he had a track record of always playing, and now he's down. And you're down to your third guy, and you can't have CJ be your number one no. consistently. No, and because we saw him as a number two, yeah, and they never made it super far except for that one time in the conference finals. No, but even then, it was like other than that, they they 
barely get past the first round, even if they make the playoffs. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are the, the Pelicans, Pelicans right now going to make the playoffs? They're going to have to make a late run. They're, do you think they have to make a trade? Do they have to make a trade? Because this is this is the Zion question we've always had: is how much can you count on him? Not how much is, how good he is. It's how much can he play? How, so you how count available your is franchise be? on him? Because you're counting your fr- him to be the franchise guy and take you to the next level, and he's not there enough. So what what do you do? Do you have to make a trade to get somebody that is there consistently to make up for that so that you can win enough games until you get him back? Or you can sustain. You don't have a 10-game losing streak because he goes out. You can sprinkle in a couple of wins in there. Yeah, I mean, if it was just one player that went down, like it was Zion or if somebody else went down and but Zion was healthy, then this the Pelicans would be more afloat. But the fact that they've lost their two, CJ CJ was out for a good yeah. minute and Herb Jones was out for a while as well. It's like you're constantly losing three starters out of your lineup. I don't know how you're supposed to survive in the league. They were down thirty one to Dallas. And and Dallas <laughs> and, and Dallas hasn't been the greatest team this no, year. They were down thirty one. But they now moved up to fourth, which I mean, in the West, that doesn't almost mean a whole bunch because no. you're only one game ahead. No, when, it, it, unless you, you know, it's all it's all jumbled, and I don't I don't think we know anything that's going to come about that. But I do think this: if you're, I only threw Kyrie out there because that would jumpstart, and he's playing at a great level. Concern is when is he going to go off the reservation once again and and be gone. Or something's going to happen with him. You can't. Can you trust him? You're a Celtics fan. You can't trust him. Uh, you really can't. So what? They, so you, do you go to another guy that you can't trust in minutes? No. So what do you do? Yeah. Uh, to me, you you try and call teams. I mean, OG Ananobi's been a guy that's been talked about a whole bunch. But I saw a report last night that six or seven teams are looking at OG, which I'm not surprised. He's a he's a guy that can shoot the three well, which is something that the Pels could really use because you look at it, Jose Alvarado, he's a solid piece that can shoot. B.I. is a solid piece that can shoot. He's still trying to – he's still in a funk right now after being injured after all that time. Let me give you a name. Let me you give got, you, you name. got streaky shooters on the Pels, but nobody that's consistent. Would you make a move to Mar- for DeMar DeRozan? For DeMar? Do you have enough pieces where you could make an interesting trade for DeMar DeRozan who shows up every game – and can take over games, but also play second fiddle. Here's the thing with getting Demar: you've kind of already have a Demar. Yeah, in, I know. In Bi, so you having two Demar, two two Demar DeRozans on your team that are kind of more mid range guys that can kind of that can shoot the three relatively well, but their main thing is shooting mid range and kind of getting to the basket. That doesn't necessarily resonate with today's game in my eyes. You can make you can make the trade. And get a piece, and you can start winning games. But to me, you getting Demar and giving up pieces and giving up picks that's, doesn't get that's you. Not, doesn't get you over the hump. That to me does not get you over the hump to become a team that could really make a threat. I'm, I'm in just the trying West to see. Or I'm just trying to think of a guy out there that can score and can co- can carry a game or two when you're waiting for guys to come back. And, and he's one of them that can do that. But you're right; he does then end up taking the ball away from Bi. So now you're you're down to the same guy in two spots. I get that, but I, I just I don't know. You, you need some influx to make sure that you have enough good pieces on the court at a given time. You just don't have it. Hey, why not go after uh, Anthony Davis? 
Right, right. <laughs> Bring him back. Oh, boy. We want Westbrook? Mm. Westbrook's available? I'm sure, I'm sure he is. I'm sure anybody would want to take that him. Would be, that would, I just, I that just would can't be an see. interesting guy to bring in because he could take over a game at some time. You just you you just can't see the Lakers and Pels making another trade for with the with one no, another for a while. Probably not. Probably not. But it would make uh it he's the type of guy that would make some sense. Because here's the thing the Pels are so in love with getting young players. To me, you need to get rid of some of those young players and get rid of a pick or two and go get some vets that have experience in the playoffs. If you if you think this is a team that can do something, yeah. Because you are a team that was leading the West. Because as experienced as Jonas Valanciunas is, as experienced C.J. McCollum is, you need to go get a vet that's been deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, you got you got some you got some guys that are in their thirties. You've got C.J. You've got Jonas. You've got a thirty-six year old. I forget. He, no, you do. You really, do. Like you've got a couple, but you've got a lot of young pieces that don't have the experience necessarily of making a. Quite a few deep runs of playoffs, no, and, you, and you got to get experience. You got to get somebody that can. But you, I still think you got to get somebody that can fill in because right now, yeah, you don't have numbers, and, you, and I, that's why I say Westbrook would be a guy. You you need somebody that's had the experience. There you go, Russell Westbrook. You need somebody that has the experience. <laughs> you don't and can you also don't make. See, you don't want Wessel Westbrook. What's can wrong also with Westbrook? can also make an impact on the team offensively and defensively. Which well, yeah, it impact. could it could be Russ. It he, could be. He'd make an impact. It may not be a good impact, but he'd make an it may impact. may not be the greatest impact, and still an interesting contract, and you don't know what the Lakers would be asking for because you don't want to pay too much for him. No, you can't You can't it's, overpay for him because you're going to have to try to flip him anyway, probably at some time. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get through the year, you're going to have to flip him. It's like if you're going to make a trade, eh. you're going to want to go get somebody that you would be holding on to for more than just a season. I would more likely not anticipate Unless you can, yeah, unless you can flip him, I agree with that. I would. We want somebody for a two or three year run. All right. When we come back, stick with us because we'll have the commissioner, Chris Grant, from the Southland Conference, to talk about the Southland Conference tournament coming to Lake Charles after the break. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Jim Gazzolo back for the Blonde Bomber on this Friday afternoon. Waiting on the commissioner to give us a call back. Uh, he has told us he is wrapping up a phone call as we speak. Southland Conference is interesting because when Chris Grant took over a year ago, this was a league that, quite frankly, was about to die. <laughs> so I, I, I'm interested to see what he's done within the year because now all of a sudden it's got teams that want to come in. Um, it's got McNeese has stayed. Incarnate Word has decided to come back. Almost leaving the way. I guess they never actually left. Lamar left for a year and came back. Uh, I'm interested to see what their expansion is because they need to expand. Um, they want to expand to at least 10 football teams. I know that. Uh, they need to. Um, but uh, the football teams made some runs this year in the ter- in the playoffs. Incarnate Word got all the way to the semifinals. Southeastern won a game. They had some interesting off-seasons where half of the football coaches left. And Lamar tried to poach Southeastern's coach, which has never happened in the Southland Conference. So, interesting times in the Southland. Hopefully, the commissioner can get in touch with us. And he asked him about his, can he solve McNeese basketball problems? (laughs) Oh, the poor Cowboys. 
Losers of eight in a row. The longest losing streak in school history since 2017 when they finished the season by losing eight in a row. So it doesn't look like they're going to make the tournament right now. And if they don't make the tournament, uh, ticket sales may may hurt. So I want to get the commissioner's thoughts on that uh, and some other things. Hopefully he can join us here in a minute. All right, Saints fans, real quick. Who do you want a quarterback? Jimmy G? Derek Carr? Lamar Jackson? Jameis Winston? Can we say we don't want Andy Dalton? Is Andy Dalton off the table? Uh, that I mean, that's, that's what we got to figure out. Who do you want a quarterback? Do you want to pick a quarterback? You're picking 29th. You're not picking... Top six. So what is going to be left at 29 at quarterback would be the biggest question. So you have to get a – I would imagine you're going to get a free agent. You're not trading for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the AFC if the Packers trade him. They're not putting him to an NFC team. They're not getting beaten in a conference championship game by Aaron Rodgers. Not that I think the Packers will get back to an NFC conference championship game anytime soon without Aaron Rodgers, but – Maybe an Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr trade might be interesting. That might actually make it very interesting for us. I, I'd like to see, like, see Aaron Rodgers with with a different team in a different uniform. That might make my day. As a Bears fan, it would definitely make my day. I'm, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers beating the Bears and saying he owns the team. So. That's probably the biggest thing I would like to see is him in any other year jersey um, right now. So, but if uh, if you are uh, if you are a Packer fan, where do you want him? That seems to be the question: is is where does he go? Why is he doing a Brett Favre all of a sudden? What's going on? Well, right now we do have Commissioner Chris Grant on the phone. Uh, Mr. Commissioner, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, it's, it's a great day. We, we've been ice stormed out here in Dallas area, so you know, I'm glad that that, that is now passes by. And I tell you, coming off a great night of Southland basketball on the men's and women's side, it's definitely shaping up to be a competitive race coming down to the road to Lake Charles here soon. Uh, you're being polite because what I watched wasn't great. <laughs> That's not, how's that? Um, let me let me ask you something. Okay, let's throw it out there since you brought it up. Uh, how how much would it hurt if McNeese doesn't make the tournament? You know, look, yeah, you know, hey, look, I, I love all my kids. As, as, <laughs> as you say, right, they go through all this. You know, we made a decision, you know, as a collectively as the athletic directors and our board to only take eight teams, and you know, knew that that may be a risk, right? And I think it speaks to the competitiveness of our league, right? Overall, when you get into conference play, it, it is some parity there. And, you know, our coaches are, are ones that can scheme against each other and know what it takes, you know, throughout it all. Now, it's a lot of games left. And I will say, you know, I'm banking on, you know, hosting the best tournament possible with the best field. And, and, I, and I tell you, you know, look, it, would it be a disappointment? Yes. But the whole reason about bringing this tournament to Lake Charles was that everyone is a gas tank away. Right, yeah. you put everyone right in the middle of the footprint, and you know, five hours from I think Corpus, and you know, I think about five, five and a half here from Dallas. Now, you should be able to get in the car, mom, dad, kids, 
you know, you know, girlfriend, grandparents, partner, whatever it may be, and get down there and see a great tournament. So, you know, yes, you know, we, we want everybody to be competitive and make it to the tournament, and that's the expectation. But also understand, look, our league, is, when it comes to mid-major basketball, you know, it's what you're seeing throughout all conferences. It gets a little tougher, especially the second half of conference play. All right, I, I want to get into your first – this is basically your, you're still in your first year officially. Um but it's about a year now, almost, since when yeah. you kind of took over the day-to-day operations. Right. And you've gone through a lot. <laughs> you've brought back two teams that were leaving. You kept McNeese. Yep. Um, where are you as far as interest from other schools wanting to come in? Are they schools Division Two coming up, or are there other Division ones you're talking to? You know, it's been a mix. It's been a good mix, and, and all conversations, it's both have been preliminary, because, you know, Jim, I think you and I discussed it, you know, once we were able to secure the stability of our league last summer, then we had to start focusing on what we're doing as a Division One conference and ensuring that we're not leaving anyone behind, as I've heard has been, you know, historically was an issue. And so a lot of the decisions we've been making, investments in our programs, um, and, and even the leadership from the top, from our board of directors, has been about all on one sound, you know, one band, one sound, in the sense that, you know, look, we're looking to expand now where it makes sense. But we're only looking, and i got to be honest, we're looking for two good members, right? And I think once those two really figure it out, that this is the move they want to make and be a part of it, then you know, I'm not saying we're going to shut it down completely, but it'll be a lot tougher because, as you all know, the options within our footprint, they're shrinking, and it yeah. has to make sense that we're not blowing out our budgets like other leagues and just travel alone. We want to provide and use our dollars to invest into the student-athlete experience and making sure that we're providing a that rivalry and that interest to our fan bases that they at least know and they get to see you know certain schools uh, that they've been accustomed to knowing along the way. Well, yeah, and and the reason why both Lamar and Incarnate Word and McNeese to some extent didn't leave or came back was because of that travel budget, was it not? That, that is exactly right, and that, and that was the main you know thing we you know we pitched to them is like hey you know not only have you left some you know, significant rivalries along, but you know what you're leaving or planning on leaving for or have left for. You know, is it coming to fruition? And could you really uh, have a better opportunity to accomplish it from here by taking those dollars and reinvesting it into your department, knowing that, hey, the NCAA Transformation Committee had a lot of things on the docket that now they put forth their recommendations. And, you know, quite frankly, it wasn't as a daunting of a task as things that, you know, as athletic departments and as a conference we should be doing for our student-athletes and the student-athlete focus. But now you take some of those dollars and you focus on the mental health experience, you know, how you are traveling and what you're offering above and beyond day-to-day for those student-athletes. Yeah, now you saw, because we talked a little bit about this, the WAX Atlantic Sun thing trying to get to FBS, um, trying to get into kind of kind of crash the party, say. You have no desire really to do that as a league. Your, Your league is pretty set on being FCS, right? We, we are, and that's been our goal. We, we want to dominate FCS, you know, and quite frankly, you know, look, I mean, we put two teams in this year, you know, mm-hmm. into the, in the field as far as FCS football, and, and you know, coming from the, our, our opposition in the WAC, they didn't put any in. And so I, I think you have to dominate where you are in order, in order to advance. Now, yeah, is it a big payday and is it a creative thing they're doing? Yes, you know, you get it out of the luck. And, you know, I'm looking forward to them, and, you know, we're just coming off our commissioner meetings to participate in the FCS as long as they can. And in the sense that we want to recreate those rivalries, you know, quite frankly, we're competitive and we want to beat the ones that left, right? And, and you know, others, because it's good for FCS football. I think we have a chance 
they come back, and we've seen what UIW was able to do and, and tossing the ball around and Lindsey Scott and, and GJ. I mean, now they've put two coaches out back-to-back years to FBS jobs. And, again, we want to be and adopt that moniker of being the stepping stone to go to FBS, but you can do it from the Southland as opposed to looking outside the walls. And, and, I, and I hope they feel the same way, that they can be great in FCS before they look to go, you know, to your, you know, black and better words, you know, crash that party. And so, you know, I think they have a strategic plan. I respect, you know, Commissioner Thornton um, and, you know, and, and Ted over Gumpert over at the Atlantic Sun. And, you know, they've been great. We've been trying to figure out some ways that we can also partner with them on some scheduling initiatives, you know, not only football, but basketball. So we'll see if anything comes to fruition. But, you know, look, as we talk about in the commission room, you always got to keep talking and look for those creative ideas because we're just not as fortunate to have those followings of what FBS is. So, you know, I wish them luck in that. But in the meantime, I hope they continue scheduling us because I want to continue beating them too. <laughs> we got a late start with you. Can you hang on as we go to a break and then come back no, for no, real quick? No, I love that. I got all the time for you, Jim. You know that. All right. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be back with Commissioner Chris Grant from the Southland Conference after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You can score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open up the app, and click the Mardi Gras Moolah tab. And you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple. And it's all from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. We're back with Commissioner of the Southland Conference, Chris Grant. And uh, Mr. Commissioner, uh, strange offseason for football for you guys. Four coaches leave, half the half the league leaves. You got one guy wow. trying to poach another guy. That doesn't happen much in the Southland. Are we seeing more of an investment in, in sports in the Southland Conference? Uh, I mean, you, you said it best. Yes, we are. I mean, it surprised the heck out of me when, you know, you heard about the poaching, you know, part of it. And, you know, I attribute that to our ADs having great relationships to be able to talk business and not take it personal at the end of the day. And, and I think it, that shook out how it probably how it should have. And, you know, we were able to gain a couple few and uh, four more, you know, great coaches along the way. And in a sense that, you know, we lost some great ones, you're right, and, and some good ones. And some of them have been staples, you know, you know similar to what we had over Houston uh, Baptist, now Christian, as a part of the reign. And so, you know, we'll miss those guys, you know, genuinely. We build great relationships. But at the same time, looking forward and, and turning in a new era of Southland football. I think, you know, everyone witnessed, again, what UIW was able to do, how successful Southeastern was, and, you know, started coming in competitive down the way. And don't forget Brad at Northwestern State. He had them in position to make a run. And, you know, even though they didn't have the best non-conference, he set them up for a great success throughout his, you know, what he knows, the pedigree of being a Southland Conference. So I think you'll see, you know, more and more. You look at recruiting and what I've seen on the Twitter. I mean, I think we had you know, two or three teams he ranked in the top ten, but with some uh, of the recruiting firms. Yeah. of fan recruiting classes. And so I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to get the media day and, and look at that and, and what we have there. And, you know, more importantly, it's just you look at all sports, you look at what Northwestern State has been doing in Corpus Christi and basketball right now, yeah. right? How they're investing in the Southeastern as well, you know, they, you know, doing more with less. It, it's proving that, hey, 
Yeah, you know, we're not saying we're spending, you know, a multi-million dollars on all programs, but we're going to have every, what everyone needs to be successful in recruiting and run a successful program. One of the things I've noticed about it is you guys have talked about rebranding, talked about all these other things, but really it has to come from within each individual school. There's only so much a league can do. Is the commitment pretty much equal across the board about facilities? Because you do have some schools that are very well, have very good facilities, and others that have to upgrade. What What is that to get everybody upgraded to kind of like a, playing, a level playing field? Yeah, I, I throw out it's accountability, right? Because if you look at our league, we, that's one thing that attracts new members uh, and definitely keeps your current members you know, happy. When you're going into certain facilities, whether you're a visitor or you know, it is your home facility, knowing that you're going to be treated not only with first-class experience, but a first-class setting. And, you know, from what we've seen, you know, more importantly during our meeting is our athletic directors and the board of directors having those transparent uh, conversations about, hey, these are our plans for improvement. Now it's going to take some dollars and some fundraising to get there, but please hold us accountable to get the job done. You know, so with some situations it might be a one-year runway, and with other situations it might be a 10-year runway because of the plans they have in place and what they need. And, and then I attribute that to just having great leadership on all of our campuses, of just being you know, transparent and not being ashamed to say, hey, we, we can't get there tomorrow, but here's our plan in place. And you know, I'll tell you, that was, that was the most attractive thing to me about really taking on this opportunity is that there was a commitment to excellence you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, you know, shunned on UIW when they decided to come back. Oh, well, they didn't want to make an investment in facilities. And I just tell them, well, stay tuned and watch. I guess UIW is doing that for UIW and what they want to be and where they want to go as an institution. You know, not to say, you know, where they were going to like another conference just to grab money and yeah. do facilities. They still have a commitment, just like other institutions. So I'm really looking forward to it, you know, what's to come here in the Southland. You guys have talked a lot about doing stuff, and you guys have – the conference itself has done a good job at kind of embracing the whole, uh, um, I, I guess, mental aspect of the, your student athletes to get them so they're healthy mentally, not just physically. How important was that to kind of get that? Because you guys started some programs this year. We did, and thank you for mentioning that. You know, that's dear to my heart. Not only being a former student athlete, but you know, spending time with a lot of our South Southland student athletes. And one thing you hear about our campuses is because it's not just a, a student athlete issue; it's a campus, you know, issue and, and you know, pandemic to say the least. Yeah. And in the sense that you know, they can't put enough counselors on campus to take care of the day-to-day needs of the student body. And so for me, you know, I have to look out for our Southland student athletes and set them up for success. So, you know, that's a part of my role. I'll go out and be that entrepreneurial spirit. And we're able to strike that partnership with Thrive Global. You know, and some a lot of you have heard of Ariana Huffington and her company. And so, you know, to say the least, you know, they invested a six-figure investment into our conference office, you know, upwards of $500,000 and providing a digital platform for our student athletes to start taking micro steps and that will allow us, you know, I will not say the monitor, but allow at least for student athletes to know, hey, I, I, I probably need help in this situation. Like this is a little deeper than just trying to get my mind, you know, straight, as they say now, and going into this game day, that this is not only affecting my performance, but my academic experience too. And so we just want to be able to be a resource and provide it, knowing that we have to get out in front of this and we, we can't keep waiting till you know, that windfall cash comes down where our institution can add more, you know, just specialists in those departments. So, you know, we, we want to be a part of the solution. And I think we've done that. And another piece of it, we're getting our student athlete advisory committee more involved in just being, hey, being on the front line and educating us as administrators. But, hey, what are you hearing day to day? Because a lot of the student athletes won't be as transparent because we still have that macho mentality, whether yeah. you're male or female, 
it, it doesn't it exist that you know you can't have an issue if you're a student athlete. But if you're going to be a leader, you have to be honest with yourself and know that you know in order to, to seek help, you have to communicate, and, and that's what we're trying to do: be more transparent and really help out. So that's been awesome. We've been doing another partnership with United States Council of Athletes Health where we're doing benchmarking of our athletic training departments. Because, you know, it starts there, too. You know, a student athlete might have an injury, and you might not get back to tip-top shape performance right away. This is based on what your recovery period is. So we want to make sure that, you know, we're not leaving anyone behind in that matter. We're bringing out all those prevalent issues to discuss amongst the board and our athletic directors. All right, we're going to be taking it. We're going to be taking a break here in a minute, and I'm going to let you go, Co- uh, Mr. Commissioner. But I want to ask you this: You be able to make the uh, TV show when you're in town for the tournament? I, I'm coming to make the TV show. I, can we do the TV show back in the Legacy Center? Yeah, that's where it, it is. Let's, yeah. get, let's get on the court. Hey, I tell you, stay tuned because on, on, when we get down there at the Legacy, we will be unveiling a new future for the Southland Conference. I mean, you talked about the rebrand, and we couldn't be more excited about it. I think, look, we've done a great job of coming up with a solution that will not only highlight Texas, but also highlight Louisiana, where it'll be the home of our tournament for the next four years. And so, you know, my goal is I want to come to Lake Charles, and I want to make it home because it makes sense. And our membership is seeing it, and, and it's exciting. But I want our fans, when they come in, to feel like they're at home because it's a destination. You know, it's not coming to McNeese and, give, you know, giving McNeese all these opportunities to be successful. You know, what it's doing is giving our, our conference the opportunity to show off one of the best destinations in the country, right. and that's Lake Charles. All right, got to let you go. We'll, let, we'll look forward to that. We'll see you on there, and don't let Heath Schwer hog the camera. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Commissioner. Thank you for joining us. This is the Jordy Horberg Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Welcome back to the Jordy Holtberg Show. I'm Jim Gazzolo in for the Blonde Bomber on this Friday afternoon. Second hour coming up. We'll have Ron Hayes at the 15-minute mark. Talk McNeese sports and basketball. And we'll have George Faust at the bottom of the hour. So it'll be a, it'll be a good hour here, I think, for us. And uh, we got into the subject about the Saints earlier. And what you want to do with the Saints draft pick. And what you need to do with the Saints draft pick. And where the needs are for the Saints. And no, you cannot draft a head coach, people. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Call the hot the game hotline at 1337-706-0111 if you got any ideas on what you want to do with the Saints draft pick or any other topic. You got the 29th pick in the draft. Clearly not getting one of the top quarterbacks. So who plays quarterback for the Saints next year? We don't want Jameis Winston, do we? So someone had actually called earlier before we got on uh, Chris Grant saying that he wants the Saints to run it back with Jameis Winston. Really? Which look, I like Jameis Winston. Run what back? I still think Jameis can do something in the league. I still think he can make an impact on the team for why, sure. Why do you think that? What I'm not against him, but why do you think he's not just a backup? I'm more. I'm just more looking for a quarterback that can do more than just manage a game. I'm not looking for. You just, want a guy making plays. I want a guy that can win me a game, not a guy that's going to 
not win or lose me a game. Is that because of the the talent around you? You don't ha- you don't believe the rest of the talent is good enough to win games? I don't think necessarily that, but I I'm looking at a quarterback that's not afraid to make the tight throw like we had seen with the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees's. Like I want a guy that's not afraid to take a shot and try and win you the game. Will will at some points they lose you the game and make a bad interception because they try to fit it. Well, that's the question. It, that's his question. That, that's to me I can live with that if you're going to more often than not make make the play end up having the big catch and throw. Does he make enough? See, so you think he makes enough plays? I think in the, I think in the right system with the right coach, like how we've seen with other coaches. Like look how Tua all of a sudden became so a lot better run, whenever he got a, a so Mike you, McDaniel. What do you run back differently then? Because if you're running him back, you're bringing him back with Dennis Allen who's staying. Well, do you make a move at offensive coordinator? Well, no. Here's the thing: they're not; they're more likely not going to move on from Pete, Car- Pete Carmichael. So, to me, I'd rather. I'm not saying Jameis come back to the Saints. I'm saying I want to see Jameis become a starter at a different place where he's more likely to succeed. Because the way the Saints, it feels like they're trying to run; they're just trying to have the defense be the focal point. Like, hey, let's not give up too many points, and that's and that's the thing. If you want to go de- back to Tampa, I don't Tampa's know. Tampa's got an opening. I mean, Tampa does have an opening, but to me. The way the Saints are trying to roll is like have a quarterback that is going to be an Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's like they just kind of do just enough to where it's like, hey, I'm not going to screw it up myself, but I'm not necessarily going to be the guy that's going to win it for you. Okay, which is not what I want in a quarterback, but that looks like a, that's you, you how they're the going. Saints, and that that happens more often when you have a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. type guy as a head coach. Correct. He doesn't. He wants a guy that he can trust, confidence. I'll punt on third down. I don't need you to make an outstanding throw on th- every third down. I'm happy with punting and letting my defense do it. That's that, what Dennis Allen is. And that's why that's why you don't see it work out with Jameis Winston and the Saints because Jameis Winston, even though even though he became a little more calm with Sean Payton as the head coach in 2021, in 2022 that wasn't the case, so he reverted back to old gunslinger. Well, the, mentality, the thing about it is that just doesn't work with how the Saints are trying to run the team and the defense. In the league itself right now, it's a go for broke, go for fourth down, yep. try to win league. It is not the conservative type that we've seen that used to always win. It is now a go for broke. And I'm I'm wondering if that's the problem then what you're saying to me, your problem with them is Dennis Allen. And the philosophy of going from a Sean Payton go for broke to a Dennis Allen super conservative, super conservative. We'll we'll try to win it twenty to seventeen. You you so, and I hear you because I agree a hundred percent with you. You are flipping the culture of the team before you flipped the talent on the team. Yeah. Okay. So so in other words, you're trying to because that's that's the thing is they're slowly trying to yeah. As long as they still believe in Dennis Allen and they can still maintain a bunch of their pieces and still keep that defense to be a top five, top ten team, that way they can still be in the be in games. They're not going to necessarily look for a guy that's going to try and get thirty I, points a game like you would see with a Patrick Mahomes. I would love that if that if the rules hadn't changed. Correct, but the rules of pro football are so that you got to throw the football because the best thing, the best plays often have become forty yard pass interference penalties. That's what flips the field. It flips the field more than a forty-yard pass, it seems. And that's and that's because that that becomes so demeaning because it's not necessarily that you have to complete the pass if you're a wide receiver or quarterback. It's if you can get a big-time penalty on yeah. a on no, a corner or a safety. It 
it messes with their head because then they're like, oh, I, I, okay, so I can't do that now. So then it becomes an advantage on no, the offense. No, you're, you're 100% right. And then it becomes a sight game with him the rest of the game. Now you can go after him anytime you want, mm-hmm. and you're going to get a step on him. And that's yeah, and, that I agree. That so if that's your case, then I see where Jameis would be your guy. Yep, and that's and I've always been more of an offensive guy because it's like, look, if you give up, if the defense gives up thirty a game, that sucks. But if your offense can put up thirty one a game, no, you're right. Then you you still right. win the game. It's not it's not a it's not like how it was in the seventies and sixties no. and before where it's you're playing punt game and if, if first one to ten wins, it's. It's a first one to pretty much twenty-seven wins. No, you you are you are more likely in that scenario that you're describing losing a game because you can't get a first down and then somebody going down the field in the last minute to beat you than you are running out the clock. And and that's that the, doesn't happen anymore. That's the issue with today's game, and that's why I don't necessarily look for a defensive-minded head coach as the head coach. Like you're starting to see. Even though I hate to say it, Bill Belichick is starting to No, you're fade. right. No, there's he's, no, there's he's no question. To it. The, the league has gone to offensive guys. Young offensive guys mm-hmm. with a young quarterback that makes sense to go on fourth down. Now, that era of the Chargers go a little bit to the extreme on it <laughs> at times. There's a time and a place to go for a there fourth you, down. There you go. But they do it too much, and that's my issue with Brandon Staley. That's why I'm surprised he stayed because they do it to the extreme – the other extreme. Yep. To where it, there's times when you don't have to do that. That you have to pick and choose your spots. You're right. And when you go the other extreme, you, you put your defense, which is a pretty good defense in San Diego, into positions they can't succeed. So I agree with you on that. But that is the league right now. It is it is an Andy Reid type league. It is a Zach Taylor type league. It is a league that goes for it on fourth and two almost exclusively now. It doesn't even matter where the ball is. If it's fourth and one, they're going for it. Yeah. And, and you would never see that in the past. And if you're not going to do that, the Saints eventually don't get enough possessions. And that's why, because, I mean, if you're just going to punt every time, I mean. No, they give up too many possessions. You're, you're right. You're, you're basically conceding in my eyes because even though it's, it's very nice, D'Amico Ryans did a great job in San Francisco, but to me, Having D'Amico as your head coach, if you're the Texans, that's not going to get you over the hump. Not, not. Ultimately, you're going to look at it and you're be like, "We can make the playoffs, sure." Yeah, you're right. But you're not going to. You're not necessarily going to make it to a conference. You're the Titans. You're the Tennessee Titans. Correct. You got the number one seed two years ago, and you lose in the first round because you could not stop somebody at the because end. Because you game. rely, you rely too much on one running back and your defense. Yeah, and you're you're putting too much. Emphasis into every defensive possession to stop. Correct. You've got to have some time when you say we got to go up two scores. I look at it when I'm up one score. I'm not trying to protect the ball. I want two scores. I always want to be up an extra score because I assume, I assume now in the NFL the other team's going to score. When you play not to lose, yeah, you lose. If if you play to win and you lose, at least you still got that mentality of we're trying, no. we're trying to absolutely win this game, not to not lose because there's a difference. So what you're saying. Completely on topic is it's the culture of the Saints going to Dennis Allen that has to change if they're going to succeed consistently. Correct. And because before, whenever they made the hire, I was on board because I liked what he could do. But now that I've seen and kind of had more experience of looking at it from another point of view where it's like, look. And seeing the rest of the league. If it's a D.C. at at your head coaching position, looking at how the league has formed and they're continuously changing the rules to be in favor of the offense, if your focus of the team is on the defense – I don't see how you can win nowadays. No. 
And we've seen it with the last few championships. Yes, we have, and we see who's in the Super Bowl. We see who's in the championship games. We see who's going deep into play. Now, the, the, the 49ers are a little different because they didn't have their quarterback. Correct. So it's a little harder to judge them. And, but and they're still a team that, that takes shots. And it's not that you need an absolutely atrocious defense. It's just your defense cannot be the sole and main reason why you're winning games. Because no. e- even though even though the 49ers had the one number one defense, that offense was still putting up points for sure. Well, if you're gonna give if you're gonna give one guy thirty, forty million dollars, that has to be the side of the football you care about. Yes. You can't you can't economically build a team any other way. You can't you can't have a quarterback get forty million dollars. Have them have like no weapons, or they're all on cheap deals, so they're more likely not either not that good or very inexperienced. And then have the rest of the defense no. like like that. That's just a weird way to form it because as much no. as you'd love to have a good defense, you got to have a few pieces at each level. But you don't necessarily need a number one defense to win a no. Super Bowl. No, you need. You're, somebody- you're still looking for them to be top ten, middle of the pack, like I'll, at worst, like a top. I'll 15. give up yards. If Just I don't give get, up points. I'll give up yards if I can get make you kick a field goal now and then, and I can get a turnover now and then. Correct. You're looking yeah. for opportunistic. Yeah. I, I think you're. I've said it all along. The last ten years of football, it's a possession. How many possessions do I get? What do if, I do with these possessions? Because if you can steal possessions by going forward yeah. on four down and continuing your, your drive, that's how you create points. That's how that, that points come from the offense more than defense. And that's the issue with the Patriots. That's the issue now with the Saints. That's going to be the issue with. The Texans now, it's like defensive-minded head yeah. coaches to me nowadays, that's just not the move. That's not. I agree, especially with young quarterbacks. You're going to waste the young quarterback if you do that. And that's why if you're going to keep Dennis Allen, I almost don't want the Saints to draft a QB because not only do they have bad history with drafting so QBs. Stick in, so you're going to run back Andy Dalton. I mean, it's not like there's many <laughs> other. Because here's the thing. I have a you're te- going to run back Andy Dalton. I have a tier list of quarterbacks, and it's like, I don't think there's much of a difference between Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Andy Dalton. None of them are great. None of them are going to really not for the money, not for and, the money you're going to have to pay, especially not for the money if if you have to pay a lot. So, so, so you're saying the Texans now are in a tough spot because they're going to take a young quarterback. They're more likely not going to take a young quarterback. So you take your young and you quarterback have a defensive minded who's going to be conservative and not turn him loose. So they'll probably end up getting a veteran quarterback to be that mentor guy or bridge guy, whatever you want to call him. And and you're stuck with with no patience from the ownership. You're going to have two bad years and you're going to be out of a job. And you're going to go look for an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. type guy. And that's where we're going to be. So in three years, you're saying that Houston Texans will be good. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably give it at least three years. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least three. And he's going to be end up, everybody's going to say, well, he can't be a head coach because when reality is the game is just dictated towards the offensive guys. Correct. Everything, everything is looking for I agree with other you 100%. teams to put up points. I agree with you 100%. I, I agree. So sign Cliff Kingsbury? Oh. <laughs> is that what don't. you're going to do? <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> there you go. Don't. I don't, I don't want I give you I the don't next say head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. No, I'd rather it be me. I'd rather it be me. I give you the next head coach, James Mesh. When we come back, please join us. Ron Hayes will join us from like, Charles. He'll talk about McNeese basketball and McNeese football. Doing George. George Faust of KLFY. I thought he was at 3.30. No, we were doing it at 3.15, remember? We always do Fridays with Faust at 3.15. Oh, okay. You're yeah. right. George Faust at 3.15. I'm a rookie on this. We'll be back after this. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You need help taking your lady out for Valentine's Day? The help that you need can be found inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And as a member, our rewards club will give you the opportunity to score some excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Result, a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You're only going to be able to score these great prizes, though, to help you find Valentine's Day to becoming a, a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so go ahead and sign up today. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, how you doing? Oh, good mo- Good afternoon. I'm doing great, actually. I'm, I'm a little discombobulated because I'm, I'm actually off today, so my, my, my times are all messed up, but everything's going good, man. I'm, I'm uh, having a good good day. I got, I got a question for you right out of the bat out of the Cajuns. Uh, Tim Leger said, the offensive coordinator of the Cajuns said, they got the best quarterback in the state in Dwayne Winfield, except for name. Uh, how excited are they on their national signing day on, on what kind of a class they brought in led by Winfield? Uh, I, I think they're really, really excited about what uh, – uh, apparently the way you pronounce his name is Dewani. Uh, I, I had a, a buddy of mine that works in New Orleans – Dewani, yeah, because there's an apostrophe. There's, there's a lot of apostrophes in it, yes. Correct, correct. Comma to the top. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the apostrophe, yeah, so I think that Dewani Winfield, yeah. But they they like him a lot. I think uh, uh, they're excited about the way he, he kind of can uh, give them the option to, you know, RPO type of thing like that. Like, I, I think a little bit like Levi uh, did for, for the Cajuns as well. So I think they're really excited about that. I know Coach Dez has told me in the past that they like building through the high school ranks. I mean, I think that's uh, kind of a staple with some of the coaches over uh, at UL. They they uh, they like to to have their kids in their program for that 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 extra time, so to speak. In this day and age, of transfer portal. You get a guy; he's already got habits. And I think uh, that what they like about getting high school kids like like uh, a Winfield is. Uh, is to be able to mold them and, and put them in the in the in the light of how you want to use them and, and get them used to that. So I think that's that's one of the big things about uh, what they how they how they approach the recruiting uh, aspect of, uh, of of you know college football. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they they like the way he, he plays the plays the game. So he's he's dynamic. He got Lutcher to the to the dome this year. So that that he's got to be uh, he's got to have some talent, right? Yeah. No question about it. The uh, the interesting thing about this is National Signing Day kind of lost its luster after uh, with the portal, but oh, also yeah. December. December seems yeah. to be the big day. UL got twenty one in December. Uh, they only added five on uh, the other day. Is is December now the big day around here for our uh, high school kids at college? I think I think the way so like even Westgate uh, who had seven guys sign 
to play uh, at the next level. Um, they they held off until uh, February, and I, it, it, you're right though. It, it kind of it, it, it's kind of lost it because I remember you know back <laughs> just probably five six years ago uh, where we would wait. You know, you'd wake up and you'd have to hit high school A at nine o'clock, and then at nine thirty yeah. high school B, and then C, and then ten o'clock there was ten thirty, and then your whole morning was stacked with signings. And then, and then in the afternoon you had a couple more. Um, yeah, it, so yeah, it's a little different now. I mean, even it, it has kind of changed the way you cover it, with regards to like you know, hey, you don't have to. There's not as many, which I guess is kind of a good thing. There's not as many on February, you know, on the first uh, Wednesday in February. Uh, there's there's a lot of guys doing in December, which which uh, it kind of spreads it out, but. I, I, I'm, a, I'm an old school kind of guy, so I like. Hey, let's let's launch it up on February, and because in, in December we're thinking about bowl games, we're thinking about the yeah. high schools, you know, state championships. I, it, it just it's a it's a it's a it's a grind, I guess, and <laughs> you just got to get used to the new way of doing things. Yeah, no, I, I actually like the old day better because it was just more of a yeah. fun day and more of a hey, look, there's more of a build up. Here it was kind of like, uh, well, we're gonna add a couple pieces. But they're here. Who's the biggest name locally to go anywhere? What's the biggest school that made an impact? I, well, I think the biggest the, the biggest name, the guy who has gone to the biggest school is obviously uh, Ascension's kicker Peyton Woodring. Uh, he he's headed to Georgia, and uh, when I had a chance to talk to him earlier this year or early last season, I guess this past season, um, he he expressed the fact that he thought he could get on the field pretty quick as, as a place kicker. And, look, he, he's, he kicked that 60-yarder. And I know uh, 60 yards is, is, is a long distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was telling me it was a state record, but I, I know that's not the case because uh, I think a kid in Mandeville kicked a 70-yarder uh, in 2016. And then I know Wade Ritchie for Karen Crow back in the day kicked a – I think he kicked a 62-yarder. Uh, I, I actually was covering that game. Uh he, I think he was uh, playing Barb because I was cover, I was covering that game. Yeah, I've heard of KPLC. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when I was at KPLC, I covered. I I, I drove all the way to Carrico, ran out of gas in Crowley, had to, <laughs> <laughs> and then went all the way to. Uh, got got some gas by the kindness of uh, the, the what does Blanche Dubois always say? Uh, got to rely on the kindness of strangers. Well, that's happened to me on my way to go to Karen Crow. <laughs> And uh, yeah, watched watched uh, Karen Crow play Barb. I don't know if that was the same time frame, but I know at some point Wade Ritchie kicked a kicked a sixty two or sixty four yard. I'm not sure which one. But. Yeah, they they so, still talk yeah, about that at Barb. Go ahead. They still talk about that at Barb. Oh yeah, uh, Wade Ritchie kicked a sixty something <laughs> hard field goal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's... But it, look. So I, I would say Peyton Peyton is probably the biggest name, and then you got Derek uh, Derek Williams. From Westgate, he's headed to Texas. Uh, he's a, he's like the number three defensive back in the state, and, and I think he's like in the top fifty nationally. Uh, so he's a young man that's gonna uh, go go play in, in Austin. And then uh, they got a couple of guys that are going to Army, which uh, one of them actually surprised me a little bit. And Christian McNeese over at STM, a wide receiver, he's headed to Army. Um, and and then. Uh, 
there's another kid headed to Army. I'm thinking, oh, from uh, Westgate as well. So uh, it was like there, Westgate had a ton, and Coach Antoine did a good job of uh, kind of making that a special day for him because that's what it's about, you know, the kids. Yeah. And then tomorrow we're going to find out where Juwan Johnson wants to go. Obviously, he, he went to Colorado. He's got LSU on his list, and then Florida. Those are his top three. So uh, he's going to make that decision uh, at the Plex at LCA on uh, on Saturday morning. Yeah, I saw that actually. In, uh, Colorado's interesting. I mean, they Deion Sanders making making those. Are you finding the kids are now saying are thinking I want to go play right away, or I'll hit the portal? Uh, I mean, does the portal come up a lot when you're talking I, to high school kids? Uh, when I talk to the high school kids, not so much uh, at the, this juncture, but you can tell what kind of effect it's having. I mean, look, just look at what Walker Howard ended up doing. I mean, Walker Howard, yeah. uh, a lot of people are kind of questioning why Walker Howard would leave LSU when he's in the same position, it seems like, at Ole Miss. But I don't know that he, he, I don't know that he's in the same position with regards to – I think he's got a re- really legitimate shot at overtaking Jackson Dart. I, I'm not saying that uh, – Lane Kiffin doesn't like Jackson Dart, but I, I think there's an opportunity there that maybe Walker saw, or maybe Lane Kiffin told him something. You know, and maybe he said, "Look, this is going to be a wide." Jackson was our quarterback last year, but this is going to be a wide open uh, camp, and and you can go get it. And, and then the other guys, a little bit. I heard Lane Kiffin talking about it the other day. You know, he said we got the we got the guy who's older. That's the kid from Oklahoma State. He's a little – he's kind of got one year left, and, and so he, he'll be on the Ole Miss quarterback room. And then Walker, uh, who's a young guy, who he, I think he can – Kiffin feels like he can mold Walker a little bit. I think that was attractive to Walker, if, if you're asking me, and you know, yeah. what happened with that. So I think, uh, I think being able to be with Lane Kiffin, uh, kind of an offensive-minded guy, um, is, uh, is definitely uh, something that he, he – he, his eyes got wide about, and I, you know you can throw the ball a lot with uh, with Kiffin. So I think no, that's, that's why that was the attraction. I think for, and, for Walker Howard and these kids, these kids want to play. Right, they and want they want to play right away. Is there somewhere? I mean, look, everybody can say you know Walker could have came to uh, UL uh, and and been you know that that would have that would have been yeah, he'd have played. You know he got, he got sick of playing, and that's how much played you know? yeah uh but but I, I obviously at a high, he wants to play at the sec level i, I guess uh and, and prove himself and and look i can't blame the kid you know mm-hmm. he wants to play and i it looked like it didn't look like in his mind that he was going to get the chance to do it on the uh, uh in baton rouge and and so he, he made a decision to move and i think that's 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 the way the trade yeah people i think kids see hey we got a chance i i mean i don't necessarily agree with you know, I, like I'm, a, I'm of the old old school uh, where you know you kind of work your work your way into your position, and uh, if you're better than the guy, then you should get to play. But if not, you work while you wait. The old Tony Robichaud-ism, yeah. uh, and uh, and work while you wait. And when you get your opportunity, you make the most of it. So yeah. I, that's the way I I would approach it. But hey, I, it's a new day, a new age, and these young kids know, uh, you know, they want to play and they want to get recognized and maybe get into the league and that's that's the whole that's their whole goal uh, a lot of times and you and you got to wonder what the nil money is doing there too oh yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure that that plays into it as well i mean uh yeah that that nil is a whole nother ball of wax right i mean kind of changing the way 
high school, uh, college sports uh, are, are being being uh, approached. No doubt about that. All right, George, I want to thank you for your time on this Friday afternoon. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Always a pleasure to come on the show. All right, thanks. George Faust with us coming up after the break. It'll be Ron Hayes from Lake Charles. We'll talk about McNeese recruiting and some basketball after this. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy, the Blonde Bomber, on this Friday afternoon, final half hour. We'll kick it off with Ron Hayes from Lake Charles, the voice or at least the conscience of Lake Charles McNeese Sports. Ron, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Big Jim. How in the world are you? Thanks for changing the weather, by the way. This is wonderful. Yeah, I leave town and it gets nice, I heard. Uh, oh, well, you know, that's been the that's been a rumor for years. All right, I, I, let, let's kick it off with uh, this one to start with. Uh, you watched last night's basketball game. Eight straight losses. Have you ever seen a team that looks so good for 30 minutes and then just can't finish? Well, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder if they're suffering a little bit from fatigue toward the end of the game because they have such a short lineup. Maybe. You know, yeah. you, uh, you that may be a theory that carries a little weight to a gym. I don't know. I just know that it's been very disappointing this year. It takes me back to one year when Glenn Duon was the head coach at McNeese. They went 0 and 10. Got to, and I would interview him after every every game. Win, lose, draw didn't make any difference. I'd interview him. Got to a point where about seven losses into the string. The only thing we could talk about positive was the band. <laughs> the band was nice last night. I guess. <laughs> see what I'm saying? You see how easy it is? It, it's just a strange thing to see them be up 11 with 10 minutes left, and then get outscored at the end of the game nine to two, and just fall apart it's just weird it's weird because they don't look that bad and then it ends up being a miserable collapse they've lost of the eight games seven of they've they've led with nine minutes or less left you almost think that they that the tank is dry yeah it might be you almost think that you know that, that, that we've noticed that in fact tom hafer who does the play-by-play i do the color for my and you know we're sitting there talking off mic and we're going well, what's the deal here I mean, you know, he's running in subs, trying to get some time for some of the guys that he's looking at to shoot, maybe pull this thing out. But it's been that way now, Jim, for, oh, man, you know, half the season for McNeese. It just, it's not working. Whatever he's trying is not working, and he's trying a whole lot of stuff. He is trying a lot of things. Yes, he is. And the natives are getting restless in the Legacy Center. Oh, can you hear the drums? I can can hear drums, yes. All right, let's get on to a different subject then. Let's go to a positive subject then. Uh, we All won't right. talk about the women basketball losing by 31 last night, even though they're in fourth place. Uh, the football team. Uh, like the way I just threw that in there to get get it over with? Uh, yeah, I noticed how. I was, you, you and Sherman, you know, General <laughs> Sherman, real subtle as you roll through the Pampas crash. Um, the football team, though, thirty three. Yeah. We, we now have 33 new signees. 
Uh, I I don't know of a bigger. I don't think they've ever had a bigger class. I know they've never had more scholarships open. That happens when you only have five seniors and seven juniors. But what's your impression about not only the class but the way they've gone about getting these kids? They've gotten some big names. They got a four-star guy. Coach, let me tell you something. If we if we haven't realized it yet, uh, Coach Gott is a winner. Yeah. He is a winner. Wherever he has gone, he has won. And you can you can blame that or credit that on whatever you'd like. Last year, he was dealt a double bogey from the get go. I mean, it would you know uh, uh, Saban would have had trouble last year with McNeese with all of the things that, that were influencing the package and the product on the field. This year, I really am excited. I mean, you know, it, it's it's uh, you hear that a whole lot of time in sports, particularly from coaches. Prior to the next year, they go, oh, man, we got the best recruiting class, and this is going to be fabulous and all this stuff. I really believe that's the case at McNeese. When you're talking about five seniors on the roster next year, are you kidding me? I mean, these guys, they're going to be young. They're going to be hungry. They're going to a coach that knows how to win, been there, done that. Uh, and you said it, man. You're talking about recruiting success. I think they have had big-time recruiting success. I mean, you know, it's – it's it's almost like they got to pick and choose. I'm talking about the coaching staff at McNeese. Pick yeah. and choose who wanted to come to the school. Coach got in the press conference we were at the other day, Jim. He was talking about the fact that last year he couldn't get return phone calls from the athletes. This year he can't he can't silence his phone. There's no. so many kids calling, wanting to come and wanting to play ball at McNeese and you know, give us a shot. I'm fired up. I'm 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 very optimistic. Let me put it that way. Well, it, it's also the numbers, the way he did it. Um, he went to the junior college, but he didn't take kids that only have one year. So everybody from the portal, everybody has multiple years, up to three years left to play. So he isn't he isn't looking at it as we see it like UL our uh, incarnate word where you get UIW. UI, yeah. yeah, where you get. We're going to have one class, and I'm going to try to get myself out. He's actually looking to build a consistency, which means to show you that he's committed to a longer term. Yeah, it's not a quick fix kind of guy. Really, he's not a quick fix, one year, see you later, alligator type thing. He wants to build a program. You know, you hear this in sports, too, build a culture. He's looking at yeah. that. Uh, he's got some tools, too, buddy. I mean, his gun ain't going to be uh, empty when he shows up next year on the football field. He's going to have some weapons, and, uh, you know, I'm telling you, it's going to be night and day from last year to the coming year, Well, in also, my humble opinion. Well, last year he he figured out, I can't teach anymore. I've got to win some football games about midseason. Just started running the football, which isn't his style. This year I think he's got a group of players where he's going to implement his style more. We're going to see more of what he wants to do moving forward, don't you think? Well, yeah, and look at the, the wide receivers. He's looking at quarterback. He knows more than we know how important that, that position is. And, you know, in, in the past, uh, the quarterback play was, uh, oh, what do you say, um, uh, lacking in some cases. I mean, it was, it was a sore spot in some cases. I'd say pathetic, just, but you can go with that if you want to be nice. Well, you know, I mean, you know, the kid was out there trying. They were, you know, trying to do their thing. They got hot at the end of the season. That was a pleasant uh, confidence builder. Yes. And probably was good PR for the Cowboy recruiting staff when they went out yeah. on the road. That's what they and said. And were able yeah. to hang their hat with that. Well, the, the thing was, we were down to the fourth, number four quarterback 
a walk-on yeah. fresh, a, a walk-on redshirt freshman, and that when you when you're down to that, you you you've basically taken the playbook and said we're going to make this as simple as possible, and that's what they we did. We were about to go into we were about to go into English class and time some of the scholars. I mean, it was getting to that point, man. I mean, seriously, you're getting to the point where you see in the NFL in the playoffs how valuable the quarterback is. And if you don't have two, three, four deep, who knows, man? Who knows? Well, the Cowboys tried everybody, and uh, I hope that's not going to be the case this year. No, I think that I, I think they want right now one guy, and we'll see if he can take the job. But they have another guy. The the thing is that they talked about is they went and got guys that have numbers that played last year but yeah. have actual numbers, and before yeah. I think they went and took bigger named guys from bigger schools, hoping that they were good. Here they've actually got t- film on them. Well, and, and the transfer transfer portal, you know he he's kind of like me. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You got to re recruit your athlete. Your own, just yeah. About every day. You know, and if he's a good athlete, my goodness, you almost have to put him in a cave and lock him up. Yeah. You know, because the big boys are coming. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm I'm looking at the list that we were passed out the uh, Magnese football signing class, yeah. and already I have an all-conference name athlete, Camden Six Killer. I love Six that. Killer. Now the you talk quarterback. About, you talk about a, a great athlete's name. He's going to have some fun with that, and you're going to have some fun with that next fall. Because I would love to write about it. Are you kidding? Oh yeah, that's a I, that was the first thing I circled was the name. That's that's all I care about. Yeah. Is, I care about themes. I, I care about that. Yeah, and we we haven't had too much to write about here in the uh, last. Uh, I don't know how do we say um, basketball season. <laughs> so it'll be nice. Football, hey, softball and baseball are coming. We can, we can is good at softball, weather, good at that's baseball. About the only thing that you can talk about, but you're right, softball's coming. Uh, they've got respect, buddy. They no, have they're forty second in the nation, in the real world. Shockingly, well, they're forty second in the nation. This is Magnet State University, Lake Charles, Louisiana. You know, you used to call it the Cow College. Come on, I mean, they have got the Cow College. Yeah, I never heard yeah. that. This is before your time. Yes, it is. Thank, thankfully, you were teaching algebra when we were Cow College. Thankfully, it was before my time. <laughs> uh, true, true, <laughs> absolutely true. What did you see last night? You were sitting there. You watched them all. I you saw the same old story. I saw the same old story. Yeah. Big lead, look good, uh, and then at the end of the game, they don't have anybody that takes over like other teams do, and they they fall apart. They can't get the ball to shoot at the end of the games, and it's just. They don't have that one guy that can take over a game to win it for them. They don't have a closer. We talked about that last night. They don't have the go-to guy. They don't have the closer. They don't have the Larry Bird yeah. that can put the ball in his hand and back off and let him win I, the ball game. I'd take Lady Bird. That. I'd take Lady Bird right now. <laughs> the, former, the, former, the former first lady. How's that? <laughs> you and Hillary are tight. Is that what I, I just want somebody that takes over a game and wins it at the stretch. That's all. That. And that's what they, they that's that. what they need. And we see that kind of with the women's team too, is there's not everybody scores nine points. We don't we don't have the well, one person going out. I thought we did. I thought she'd come down from Oregon with the coach when he transferred in and took the job she and she doesn't the shoot the ball she enough. Did. She was. And then it kind of, you know, petered yeah. out a little bit in this year. Uh, yeah. hot and cold roller yeah. coaster, that kind well, that, of thing. That's what Just, they that's what the women's know, team is. Competitive physical 
team, both of them, girls and guys, want to see that, and and we're not getting that. No, and we we got no energy last night in the building at all for the most part. Well, and that's got to change, Jim. You got to have athletes. That's got to change. If, People want. I'm cha- telling you. People demand change in there because they're paying money. Well, you, you you get this beautiful facility. It's the gym of athletic yes. facilities in the Southland Conference, to say the very least. Maybe in the state of Louisiana, if not in the South. I mean, it's gorgeous. Yes, it is. Can you imagine if they were winning? Can you imagine how much fun that would be? Yes. That place would go nuts. It'd be Joe Dumars' night every night. That would be you nice. Know? I mean, seriously. Right now, I'd, I'd, I'd take for anything. <laughs> Some excitement. All right, I got to let you go, Ron Hayes. Thank you for joining us. McNeese color man for 40 years. He's been covering 44 Cowboys. 44 years, baby. 44, 44 years he's been years. covering Cowboys later, sports. they're going to find somebody good. Well, they haven't yet. So, <laughs> good to <laughs> talking to you, Ron. Have a good weekend, You Jeff. too, Ron. Thank, thank you Bye-bye. for joining us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. This Friday, you can get a $50 voucher to Golf Connection for only $25. That's a $50 voucher, and you'll get it for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today to get a $50 voucher to the Golf Connection for only $25. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Final minutes here on a Friday afternoon. Jim Gazzolo in for Jordy, the Blonde Bomber. Have some interesting takes in the final minutes here. Who are the Saints going to have a quarterback? Biggest question. What do you do on there? What do you do on draft day if you're the Saints? If you're not going to take a quarterback, James Mash, what are you going to do if you're not taking a quarterback? Who are you taking? What position? Give me a position. I don't need a player. Uh, I'd look to try and bolster up that D line, edge rusher D line. Because so you want an Ed Rusher? Pretty much, because that's how you really affect the most important position on the field. If, you, if, you, if, if you're not going to get a quarterback, that is the most important position is to put pressure on the other quarterback. Because you've already addressed left tackle. You've locked up your right tackle. Right guard starting to look like you're going to um, extend him and Cesar Ruiz. So you're going to be good with the Eric offensive McCoy. line. The only, the only real kind of like doubt is for right now is what's the future of Andrews Pete. But even then you still look towards edge rusher because Cam Jordan's not getting any younger. You're no more likely not. not you're more likely not going to move on from Marcus Davenport. Yeah, I don't I don't Peyton I, Turner, I see, Peyton wait, Turner I see still. Davenport's money and and the, the prices that are out there, is he worth what they're talking about? They're like an eighteen million I don't he's not the he's not been that productive. To me he's like an Anthony Davis. When he's on the field yeah, and yeah. and like fully healthy He's really good. He makes a big impact on the game. But if he's not healthy, and you're making that's a, a big, lot of the time. It's a big gamble for a lot of money. It sucks because you you had invested so much in him when you traded up to go get him. Yeah. But to me, you you shouldn't double down on it. You should no, just, you got to move on. You should just cut your losses and try and find someone else, whether it's a vet or go early in the draft and find someone. Because not only on the edge rusher, but to me, defensive, the interior of the defensive line. Because, look, I like Shai Tuttle. 
David Onyemata was good at times, but you need to find someone else. You get you cannot. One thing you cannot do in football, especially, is you cannot chase bad money. Correct. Because if you if you're going to double down on him, now you've not only made the commitment with the draft pick, you're making the commitment with the money. You could you're doubling your losses if he's not healthy and healthy. That's just we're playing 17 games now. Correct. You've got to be there, or or this is. You're counting on, and, and I think we're learning that you cannot. We're almost going to be at the point where you're going to have to dress all 53 guys on the roster at some point. That's what your 53 man roster is now becoming like the 40 man in baseball, where you're going to use everybody. Because before, and it's the same thing with the practice squad. Before, you can hide the before, guys. before the practice squad, it was only first and second year players. Yeah. Now you can have a 30 year old who's been in the league for seven years. You can have them on your practice squad and then just elevate them whenever you need. If if it's a Saturday night and you need to yeah. elevate somebody, you can do that. Yeah, it, it it's almost like the what was the baseball one where you had the you have the camp right by during COVID? The the camp right down the street almost and you could bring them over right away. That's what you got. And that's what you need to do. And that's going to be a bigger deal because depth is we're finding out depth is huge. Correct. You can't you can't be top heavy. No. And you can't be nor and that that's why I, I it we're getting into where when you're starting to give quarterbacks 35 40 million of your cap space you have a hard time getting depth on other positions so you got to decide where do you need the depth and that's you, and that's and that's where drafting yeah becomes so much more important nowadays because you can't just sign a bunch of vets no because that's how you're going to eat up your cap space more you have to you have to assume that your top picks are going to play right away at some point during the season. They're going to play that first year. Nowadays, nowadays you can't just have a lot. You can't have like a Caden Ellis more likely not nowadays where you just have them sit no. and let let them be a best kept secret for three or four years and then have them be like, hey, get in here. No, no. Nowadays, you're more and more going to need them to start sooner, be ready even quicker they're gonna, than before. They're going to play sometime during that. I, I just I think they're all going to play sometime during the first year with injuries and that. You just don't you don't have the numbers anywhere else. So that's that's kind of the biggest thing is where are you at with that? So I, I I'm I'm interested to see where we go with the Saints. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. Jody will be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Lake Charles and Lafayette.